For your information, it's brought to you by Iris Toys. Wasatch County Chamber of Commerce's Hostile Work Environment of the Year. And now, a special holiday presentation of For Your Information with Zach and John. Eve is the scariest damn night of the year! Welcome to For Your Information, a podcast about good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We're your hosts, Zach. And I'm John. John, it's Christmas time! It's Christmas yet again, sir! Yes, it is. Uh, We brought that old uh, holiday-themed intro from the closet, you know, the top of the closet. That's basically the attic. It's all dusty and covered in spiderwebs. You try not to get bit by any spiders, you fail. And, uh, you know, (laughs) you just uh, go about your business, putting all this crap up in your house year after year after year, or on your podcast, as the case may be. Yes, we we definitely just put, like, a little festive hat on top of the intro. But you know what? I love it. Yes, festive hats. Festive hats. You know, I've never been, like, a, like... I don't have a lot of, like, Christmas clothes, I guess. Like, that's a thing that people do a lot. Like, they have, like, a Christmas wardrobe. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't understand that. I've never had enough closet space ever, period, in my life for anything like that. Like, all of my clothes are all-year clothes. Except for, like, you know, sweaters and shit, which, like, those go in a box and go in the attic, and I get them out, and I get bit by spiders. Yeah, I don't understand how people put the amount of wear and tear on clothes that they do. I have things that I have worn since I was 13 years old that miraculously still find a place in my wardrobe, and I, I truly don't understand how some people are like, Oh, man, yeah, I just... Oh, uh, you know, buy clothes. They're like, oh, yeah, it's that time of year again. Gotta go buy new pants. I'm like, okay, yeah, but, like, I've had a pair of pants for 10 years. Really? Yeah, like, okay. I recently had to get rid of some. I mean, I have worn holes in pants, like, in the seat of them before. I have done that, but it took, like, seven years. See... Okay, now, don't don't take this any type of way, but as a large gentleman, I will tell you what tends to happen, and you don't have to be large, you can just have, you know, thighs that are, that, you know, hug each other, if you get what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So, when that happens, you wear holes in, like, the, like, inside of the legs pretty quickly, like, not, like, immediately, but probably, like, after about, like, you know, a year, a year and a half of use, you know, you do start to get holes in there. Right. Now, uh, this does happen to me. It happens uh, more quickly with, like, underpants, like, you know, Mm -hmm. shorts, you know, because I I guess that's just more friction or it's rubbing against the fabric and against your body and then, you know, get sandwiched between them. I get that. And then pants, I've worn pants out like that, too. It just took a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, it also depends on the type of pants you're buying. This is (laughs) not the podcast. (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. If you have a Christmas wardrobe, more power to you. Um, Let it be Christmas every day of the year. Wear that nasty sweater to the beach. Put some actual wear and tear on that thing. War is over if you want it. Somehow, that's a Christmas song. All right. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Christmas songs are a whole other thing. We could have a whole podcast just about Christmas songs and how Christmas wrappings by the waitresses is both the best and worst Christmas song. I, You know what? I was cleaning the house earlier listening to that song, and it's fucking great. It is. It's the best and worst song, for uh, sure. Um, While we're on the subject of Christmas songs, I need um like Christian artists to stop making like mega sad Christmas songs like Christmas. Christmas shoes. 
Christmas Shoes is exploitative in the same way that this (laughs) film is exploitative. Yes, and if you didn't glance at the title, this week we are going to do Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. It is a slasher film? It's just, it's just a deeply upsetting film, and I was waiting for the Garbage Day line the whole time, and then I realized that's the sequel. It is the sequel, um, which is also, you guessed it, 60% clips from the first film. So if you've seen the first one, you've mo- you, you, you know what happens in the second one. I just want to watch the guy that looks like uh, uh, Michael J. Fox. He looks a little bit like Michael J. Fox he does. if he was, like, doing crack and, like, had a gun. It's, uh... Um, this one is a little more upsetting than that one is. I believe that. It's, um, I, I, like, it's also more entertaining than the second film. Um, the second film I have a hard time watching just because it's kind of like, you know, eh. Mm -hmm. But this one is, this one is a fucking train wreck. Like, you can't look away from it. It's horrible. You know you shouldn't be watching it, but you just can't stop. Yeah, this movie verges on not a movie territory. Like, it looks like it was filmed with, like, a handy cam. Yes. Like, at certain points. And it's like Cannibal Holocaust. It verges on not even being a movie. It is It is so interesting, though. Like, let, let's, let's just get right into it. So, like, this movie feels like almost like a college project yes all of the music was done by a man named morgan ames and they Mm -hmm. are all original songs and some of them are good there's only one banger in this whole thing though is that the intro song with the piano absolutely not it's uh the scene where there's shit like it's like the montage of him working at the toy department store and it's like Uh, it's always christmas on the warm side of the door I don't understand how that's not an actual Christmas song that we still listen to. Dude, I put it on my Christmas playlist. Not gonna even fucking lie. It's a goddamn banger. I like it. I I mean, that's the cool thing about Christmas is because, like, you can have stuff that's really corny and stupid and even kind of upsetting. But, like, it's fine because there's just, there's something about it. It either has a feel or it has a specific, like, scene in it that's heartwarming or it has music in it. That is awesome. Like, again, the Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas is You franchise is a thing. The franchise? What What are you I'm talking gonna call about? That song, album, artist, and film is its own franchise now. Like, it's just that big. There's a movie. There's an animated movie. I did not know this, and, um, I, dude, I can't listen to that song anymore. Like, I'm so, I, like, I'm so fucking over it. It's like Christmas shoes for godless Gentiles. <laughs> It's just, like, it's just such a boring song to me now. Like, because anytime it's like, you know, like, every fucking year at, like, you know, middle of November, I start hearing, and I'm like, fuck, kill me. Yeah, it comes on earlier and earlier. It's basically the soundtrack to, like, improperly frying a turkey. It's like a pretty faceless in the gobbler of fire when it blows up in your face. You don't have, like, eyebrows anymore, and you don't actually have a turkey either. Oh, God. You know what? And I was thinking about this this year. Why are we still listening to All I Want for Christmas is You when Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande exists? Uh, <sighs> it, is, it, is, it is obviously the successor to All I Want for Christmas is You. Because Ariana Grande doesn't look a little bit like the Grinch. <clears throat> that is a hot take. I mean, not in a bad way, but she looks like, I mean, uh, Mariah Carey looks a little bit like a Dr. Seuss character. I, I can understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. However, I'm going to move on before we get the before we get the troll police in here. 
Right. First, it's the Mariah Carey fan club, and then it's going to be Nestle coming back around. Oh, God. Yeah, you, you went pretty ham on Nestle last episode, where we covered Willy Wonka. Check it out. Yeah, their many crimes will not go unexposed. We can't we can't let this spill over into another episode, man. We just can't. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'll try to keep it under control. Speaking of franchises and all of that, before we get too deep into Silent Night, Deadly Night, John, it is Christmas, and I want to ask, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Ah, uh, that's a hard one. Um... The Home Alone series is pretty good. I am one of those people that thinks Home Alone 3 deserves, like, a place alongside Home Alone 1 and 2, but Home Alone 4 can, like, go away. Like, it, it's just not worth it. Um, I, there's a 5 now, too, and I, I, I don't I don't even have an interest in watching that. Um, uh, Elf is great. Elf has stood the test of time. Um, a true uh, modern classic, honestly. It is a modern classic, that for sure. Um, if we're gonna go back to last year, I think that Miracle on 34th Street was quite good. It's a Wonderful Life also quite good. Um, I'm trying to think of any other really noteworthy Christmas movies. Uh, I'm not really drawing any out of my hat right now. Uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol is pretty good. The Muppets Christmas Carol is pretty good. I really like that one. Um, I think we'll be covering that later this week, so or later this month. We'll probably be covering uh, Die Hard. Die Hard Gremlins, uh, this one. I don't know. Um, honestly, from last year, fucking um, Black Christmas is still up there in my favorite Christmas movies. I actually thought that one was pretty good. Yeah, I liked that one better than this one. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. This one has a certain charm about it, but it's like a, uh, like, I feel like this movie feels gross if you're watching it at home by yourself. Uh-huh. But I felt like, I feel like if I watched it in like a movie theater, I wouldn't feel quite as gross. I think the anonymity of watching it with strangers would give it some redeeming qualities. I could not imagine watching this with a family member. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my friends up here in Pennsylvania was saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this movie and watch it with my 16-year-old nephew. And I went, no, 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 no. No, the fuck you don't. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't do that. That's that's a bad touch. Yeah, he... (laughs) Because he hadn't seen it. He was like, oh, I show him all these other movies. It's like, no, 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 no. And here's why. And we're going to get into why you would not want to show this to any uh, young, impressionable minds. Right. But anyway, John, you had not seen this movie before Uh before doing it for this podcast. Yes. Okay. So we kind of talked a little bit about it, but did you like it? Um, it has some endearing qualities just based on how it's made, I guess. I don't think that, like, the content is something that I like. Uh, no. It's-, it's, a, it's a rough watch in a similar kind of way that the Cannibal films were a rough watch. Or that, uh, again, uh, Black Christmas is kind of a, a, a hard watch. But this one has, like, a special, like, brand on it. It's, like, it's got nasty cellophane on it that's sticky for some reason, even though it's supposed to keep all the goo on the inside because it's cellophane. Yeah, it's almost like cooking a turkey in a microwave and you put the cellophane on it but like the cellophane it's kind of like stuck to the turkey once you pull it out yeah just don't do it it's like microwave bagel bites you know just put them in the oven or eat them raw eat them raw so are are you suggesting that you thaw the bagel bites first or is this just like raw dogging out of the freezer in the mouth Okay, you're introducing an interesting idea where you uh, use them like ice cubes because they're frozen solid. You're the devil, and we're going to keep talking about- You can do pizza rolls too. A pizza roll soup? No, pizza rolls as well. Like, you can take the pizza rolls and put them in uh, a tepid drink to make them colder. I, okay, so let's, let's go here then. Okay, um, the only time I could see this working, John, is if you somehow made, like, a pizza Bloody Mary variant. That's actually a great idea. 
Is it a great idea? I mean, <laughs> do, do you, you want to, do you want to, dr- hey, okay, so first of all, let's never even mind the alcohol or the pizza roll fucking ice cubes. You are telling me right now on air to at least three people that you want to drink a pizza. Okay, I think we are, um, we are discounting the viability of a drinkable pizza product uh, <laughs> if it's done correctly. I don't think this is the way to do it, but what I'm saying is that you can use frozen anything as an ice cube. Like if you have frozen strawberries, you put them in your lemonade, it's like ice cubes. It's like that, but with pizza. Okay, but you can't just put, like, pizza in, like, a Coke. Yeah, why not? Okay, look, I, I, I'm I, going back to my original statement that you are indeed the devil. Okay. Uh, have you uh, have you ever met a person who puts peanuts in a bottle of Coke because it gives it a little bit of a salty flavor and it's fun because they float? I've also been to Walmart, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about then. It's a similar phenomenon. It's just far, far more interesting this sounds like an elementary school table conversation and i'm going to move it on okay Okay. all right so um the other thing i kind of brought up but i want to touch base on is like would you consider silent night deadly night a slasher film uh yes and no it is a movie with a body count but uh as we're probably going to touch on a few times before we're done with this um it it is more about the guy it's more about the character like we don't well i'll take a classic slasher movie like uh i don't know Friday of the 13th. Okay, that's yes. that's like a typical slasher film. Um Jason Voorhees or at least the, you know, characters that we believe to be Jason Voorhees um it's not the focal point of the film he is a phenomenon that occurs he is the slasher but even in like a halloween like michael myers is a key part of the story but he's not the main character this guy is the main character yeah and it's following him so it's almost a character study of a psychopath like most of the film is like building into the story of billy who is our main character rather than the kills the kills are like kind of the result of of what we see happen to him. Yes. So it's almost like a tragedy in a way. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it, it is a, a character study, I think, of, of a killer. And uh, yeah, that's just the best way you could say it. No, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, and it's, um, and before we go any further, um, this movie and the subjects that we're going to go into are not for everyone. And it's honestly kind of still shocking to this day, which I didn't think was possible because sometimes when you watch, like, we'll take Friday the 13th again, when you watch, like, Friday the 13th Part 3, like, it seems kind of silly. This movie also seems silly, but it's, like, almost a very, like, raw feeling. Like, not quite the same feeling as Cannibal Holocaust. No, no, not quite so extreme. Not quite so extreme. It's more of, like, like, I didn't feel hopeless after watching this movie. I just felt dirty. Yes. Kind of like Showgirls. Like, you just kind of feel a little dirty afterwards. Like, it's like the movie didn't take something from me, but it definitely, like, took my peace of mind for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. There were parts of the movie where I had to pause it and like rub my eyes and be like, ah, I'm gonna keep watching it. And then I keep watching it. Yeah, except there's things where it's just like, are you fucking serious? But we will get into it. But for right now, it's seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit faced. John, give me a fucking cocktail. All right. First off, please drink responsibly. Second off, uh, yeah, I actually am bringing back an old favorite from last year. It's gonna be the uh, the peppermint mocha teeny was something that we made. Ooh. I want to say it was for Miracle on 
74th Street. Um, but you know what? This is a different kind of Christmas that we're exploring right now. So I made it in a shot form. So okay. now we have the Peppermint Mocha Teeny Shot, which is a little bit different of an experience. So uh, this one's pretty straightforward. You take three quarter ounces of Irish cream liqueur, a half ounce of Kahlua, a quarter ounce of creme de menthe, and a uh, quarter ounce of creme de cacao. And you'll shake it up with ice and strain it out into a shot glass. That's it. Simple. No hard liquors, really. Uh, so it's going to be pretty sugar-heavy. But again, it's the holidays. Have fun. Uh, you'll probably get a hangover if you have, like, more than two of these. It's the holiday season. Yeah, and it goes down pretty easily. Uh, it's got that coffee flavor. It's got a little bit of that uh, peppermint menthol kind of flavor in there. It's it's a nice holiday-type drink. Again, this is one of those that you could drop in a cup of coffee if you wanted to. And just have a, a fun time with that. Similar to what we did with the, uh, the Gourd Lord. If you wanted to make, like, a pumpkin spice-type spiked coffee beverage you know i want to meet the person that like just takes their makes this shot takes a cup of coffee and then drops it into shot glass and all into the coffee kind of like an irish car bomb style and then just downs the cup of coffee <laughs> that it, it is the definition of big dick energy <laughs> like i would follow like, that man and or woman and or them to the ends of the earth i would be like you know what they've got it figured out yeah, they have arrived. <laughs> that is that is big dick main character energy right there. Yes, nobody asked you to do this. <laughs> but you did. It's slightly off topic again, but... So, my mother-in-law gave me... Um, I guess she didn't like it, but for whatever reason, but it's almond milk Baileys? No. <laughs> no. I, What's I, the... Who is this for? I just wanted to bring it up, not because I knew it would upset you, but because I knew it would upset you, and I wanted to know how you felt about it. I... <sighs> I am not even sure if Bailey's has actual lactose in it, so I can't even be sure if this is a product for someone who is lactose intolerant but really likes Bailey's. I think this is like a cash grab. <laughs> you believe so. This um, is a novelty. It has no expiration date on it, and that terrifies me. That is upsetting, considering the amount of sugar that is in it. Exactly. It's like, she said that she had it for like a month and I'm like, so should I just like drink all of this now? When I sniff it, I can only sniff alcohol. So I don't know if it's bad or not. And it's almost a full ass bottle. If you keep an Irish cream liqueur or an Irish cream type beverage in the refrigerator, you can have it for like two years. Um, I don't know what the deal is with this almond milk Baileys, but um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, no, it probably doesn't go bad necessarily. Keep it in your fridge and you'll be fine. Um, I mean, this is coming from the guy who made this cocktail with the same bottle of creme de menthe that I had last year because it's creme de menthe. I don't use it that often and it's 30% by volume. It's not going to go bad. Right. Right. Okay, similar question. Is it a good idea to buy, like, barefoot wine and age it yourself? No. <laughs> that product is meant to be consumed after purchase. That, that is that is not designed for that. Okay. It is made with the intent of consuming okay. immediately. <laughs> okay. All right. Speaking of things that are meant to be consumed immediately, don't know why, but here's Frank's synopsis. Frankie baby, it's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas time again. I went to Rockefeller Center the other day. Oh, did you? Did you go see the tree and all the lights and everything? I did see a tree. Okay. It was fine. There were leaves and uh, there was a pigeon. Oh, okay. Um, So like kind of like a 12 days of Christmas or something. Maybe someone's got a crush on you, Frank. That would be a, uh, a fascinating concept. Okay. 
<laughs> so Frank, what 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 does Central Park look like at Christmas time? About the same. It looks every other time of year. The leaves are mostly gone. Sometimes you get a little bit of snowy snowy. And uh, again, uh, they shut my water off. They shut your water off. Okay, so where do you get your water from? Uh, it's from the lake. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, Frank, that is actually a natural phenomenon called freezing. And I told you, you can come get water from the studio. Just don't come into the recording studio. I seem to remember having this conversation last year, and uh, you told me that this was God telling me to die. Um, yes, but you know what? I'm a changed man. COVID has changed everyone. If not for the better, maybe for a little bit worse. Anyway, Frank, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, did you get to watch it? Oh, of course I did. I actually watch this annually. Oh, okay, so this is like a Frank Synopsis favorite. Yes, of course. Okay, so this has your seal of approval on it. I wouldn't say that. Okay, so what what makes it like a yearly viewing for you, Frank? Well, it's pretty disgusting and it makes me feel alive. Okay, you know what? There's there's something out there for everybody. So Frank, since you know it best, give me a synopsis. Yeah, all right, here we go. In 1971, Billy Chapman's mother and father are killed by a deranged Santa Claus before his very eyes. He and his infant brother are then sent to a Catholic orphanage where Billy is tormented by Mother Superior for his naughty behavior. At 18 years old, Billy is coaxed into playing a department store Santa to impress a girl, and he starts to have flashbacks to that horrible Christmas Eve in 1971. The department store has its annual Christmas party with booze and inappropriate behavior all around, but Billy's flashbacks continue. This is all very naughty, and Billy is compelled to correct them the only way that he knows how. Well, thank you, Frank. I can't say that the story's great, but you wrote it well. Well, thank you. That's my job, I think. I, I think it's your job too, buddy. I just like hanging out with you. you all right, well, I'm going to go home and ice skate on my bathtub. <laughs> okay, see you, Frank. All right, John. I, th- I think we're about as ready as we can be to get all into right. this thing. Yeah, uh, ooh, here we go. Alrighty, let's do it. Okay, so this week we're gonna do something a little different. I thought it would be more fun to discuss the themes of the movie than like tell you about the production, especially considering like uh, there's not really a whole lot about the production of this film. It kind of was made and you know it was released to a lot of controversy. It was only in theaters for 10 days. But still managed to make like $2.4 million. Ah, that's, um, I don't know whether to be impressed or disappointed. Uh, (laughs) the human race is many things, if not mostly disappointing. Uh Um, (laughs) okay, so it's, um, there's a lot of like psychological themes here. So let's get right into it. Um, so this movie is a doozy. Yes. Um, and it's mostly a doozy because of its mix of sex and violence. I see, a dangerous cocktail. I know a thing or two about dangerous cocktails. Yes, you have tried to poison me several times with your delicious cocktails. The more delicious they get, the more suspicious I become. Yes, every year I get approached by the CIA on how they can make more delicious poison. (laughs) Oh, alcohol, slowly poisoning us all to the grave. Thank you, big alcohol. Big alcohol. Big alcohol. You know, people people shit on big tobacco, big pharma. They don't shit on big alcohol, though. Yeah, they don't shit on Nestle either. Yeah, you know what, John? That is that is your that is your cross to bear. I I will go to battle with you, but I will not start the fight. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, that's poetic. <laughs> it was it was rather poetic. Maybe the most poetic thing that's ever come out of this podcast. Anyway. Okay, so let's talk about sex and violence in movies. Because, you know, like, a lot of movies have sex. A lot of them have violence. What makes that so bad? Like, what is the dangerous combination of this? Bush said it best. No sex and violence. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> for a second, I forgot that there was a band called Bush. Oh, you thought I was just talking about President George Bush. Yeah, either one of them. I mean, like, George Bush the first. Um, I don't think that's actually his name. I don't think that's H.W. Bush. Herbert Walker. H.W. Herbert Walker. Yeah, um, CIA he, director during much of the Cold War. Very shady character. Yeah, um, when he was the president, his wife, um, rest in peace, by the way, I think she passed away this year? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, she passed away, like, in recent memory, and she, um, they actually had a lot of, like, they're the reason that, like, a lot of things got censored even more in the 90s. I see. Because, uh, like, like, a Tipper Gore concerned parents type thing. Yes, uh, like, they were, um, they were both very very concerned about uh bart simpson and his um effect on american children you know i'm just gonna say again for like the eight thousandth time on this podcast if your child can be so influenced by a fictional animated cartoon character you might want to reanalyze your parenting i completely agree stop being at work just if you have to live in a cardboard box to spend time with your family i say do it it's worth it right because the last thing you want is for your kid to get a skateboard and to tell people to eat their shorts because you paid good money for those shorts. Yeah. And they're not food. No, they're not. This is not funny, Fox Network. It is a bit. <laughs> So, back to what I was trying to get at. The the reason that sex and violence getting mixed together, some psychologists believe that when you see things like that, if you're if you're an impressionable person or you have a developing mind, let's say, you know, like a child, it can actually like put those two things together. And it's especially dangerous in things like Silent Night, Deadly Night, where the violence directly follows the sex. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into the difference between those two things later. Um the most important thing is that you understand that your brain can put those two things together and like can become like an association so you can associate sex with violence or violence with sex and it's it can lead to a lot of dangerous dangerous shit that can happen so let's start with you know kind of what happens in the movie and like I do want to say that I think I understand what the writer and director were trying to do here. I just think that they might have gone about it the wrong way. Uh-huh. So let's get into like what the film is trying to show it. So when Billy's parents are murdered, we see the Santa killer get on top of his mother and rip her shirt open, exposing her breasts. And then after some fighting, he slits her throat. So, you know, he's like playing with her boobs and stuff. And sorry, maybe maybe I shouldn't say boobs when we're talking about something like this. It's fine. They get it. Again, if you have a problem with the fact that we use the word boobs and not the subject matter, reevaluate your parenting. Exactly. This is all fictional, but it can have real world implications. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Uh, This scene was especially disturbing because uh, not knowing what to expect or where the bar was set in the movie, uh, I thought there might have been like a rape scene or something. And that would have been uh, exceptionally disturbing in this context. Uh, It's disturbing. (laughs) anytime but this movie in particular did not need that energy yeah and uh well that comes later but we'll talk about that this was an almost rape that ended in a murder so once again like and that's kind of like how the movie makes you feel like it's going so once again that sex and violence are like happening like directly with each other or a causation of each other which is not 
great. And it's not great for our main character, because that's like his first like exposure to anything like that. His second exposure that we see in film is when he's at the Catholic orphanage, and Mother Superior catches two older orphans having sex with each other, and she quote-unquote punishes them, albeit off-screen. So she has this belt that she keeps whipping people with, but she's wearing a nun's habit. She doesn't, like, have a proper belt on, right? Um, so the one time that she's spanking Billy with the belt, it's his own belt. Oh, I see, I see. But that second uh... time when she's punishing the older orphans, I don't know, I don't know what she's using, Um, but she definitely, like, I mean, you hear her beating the fuck out of them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, at the same time, like, maybe she just has a lot of practice. I was gonna say, she doesn't seem like a real, uh, like a real Barry Bonds type, you know? I, I don't feel like she's gonna hit him that hard, but maybe she just has a ton of practice. Well, I mean, she's got, I mean, like, you know, she's definitely, like, a stereotypical, like, you know, punishment nun, where, like, right. you know, God's love is punishment. Ah, uh, yes. Punishment nun sounds like a great band name. Punishment nun. Oh, God. Um, no. I'm gonna go ahead and downvote that one. Downvote, uh, yeah, dislike button. Dislike button. The new four year information dislike button. Hit it whenever you hate us. Yes, okay. You'll hit the button, it'll play the theme song in its entirety. <laughs> and it'll be like the loud version before I like fixed the uh, the ear rape at the beginning. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so, um,. Anyway, so this, like, this is a new association that Billy takes, whereas, like, sex is a bad thing that must be punished regardless of circumstance. Yes, I see that. Uh, I, I like that they, I don't like it, but they took this angle rather than making Billy some kind of, like, sexual deviant or some kind of sexual criminal into making him uh, a bit of, like, a missionary killer, you know, where he has yes. a, uh, he has a purpose, he has, like, something uh, either inside of himself or higher than himself that he believes is driving his need to uh do this i guess it's unlocked by the by the santa thing i it, it's it's a long it's a stretch but i get it so if you're following the logic of the film i guess that billy understands that santa has a naughty or nice list Yes. Okay, so if you're naughty because the grandpa told it, I, that's the part I forgot to mention, but it has nothing to do with the sex and violence, but in the beginning of the film, the grandpa is like, Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. Uh, if you've been naughty at all, Santa is going to punish you. So he now has this association with Santa is the ultimate, like, punisher, almost like a god figure. I really like this alternate universe that they've created here. Yes. Like this, yeah. <laughs> and so when, and so Mother superior is also kind of like his you know other like parental godly figure and she also punishes people for having sex therefore when he's having his flashbacks santa is punishing his mother i guess for having her breasts exposed even though santa was the one who exposed her breasts yeah, so, it, it is kind of a strange logic. I don't know if it fully follows, but I understand what you're uh, what you're getting at there. I, especially considering how that was truly just violent, you know, like there there were connotations to it, but it wasn't quite like the other part of the movie that was like this. Yeah, and let's get into that. So th so where this all comes to a head in the film is um Billy is working at a department store. It's a toy store department store type thing. You know, it's Christmas time. Their uh, guy that they have play Santa has you know, kind of flown the coop. He doesn't want to play Santa. 
So they ask Billy to play Santa, who has this very strange um, reaction when he sees anything Santa-related. So I guess because of his um, what happened to him as a child, he is now terrified of Santa. He's like the worst kind of Batman character. Yes. Where, you know, he goes into the cave and there's a bunch of bats, his parents got killed, and now he associates, you know, I am the bat, I am the knight. You know, it's like that, but with Santa Claus... Yes, and so they he some he for whatever reason agrees. I guess it's to impress this other girl that works at the department store with him. So he agrees to don the Santa outfit and you can like they show him like feeling very uncomfortable. Like he almost looks dead. Like he's completely pale-faced, like he does not smile. He he just looks fucking like dead, done. Like, like it, it's very, very strange what happens to him as soon as he dons the Santa Claus outfit. Yeah, so, you can kind of see when he talks to the kids, like, he really does lose his grip on what, like, normal behavior is like or what, you know, being a normal person is like. Yeah, he's, like, talking about punishing them. Like, there's a little girl that, like, won't sit still and he's talking about punishing her. And, of course, it's, like, you know, so far away that no other adults can hear it. So he's right. just, like, you know, destroying the mental health of every child in that department store. Right. <laughs> and you know what? He is a bit of a, uh, he's, he's a bit of a connoisseur of being messed up as a kid. Yeah, it it doesn't make it right, but that is what he's doing. So, you know, it's, you know, as soon as the store closes, they have their little yearly Christmas party. There's a bunch of booze going around. Uh, this was 1984, so the drinking age was definitely 21 at this point, I believe. Uh, in Utah, I actually would be surprised that they were able to get that much liquor. At, I mean, I don't know. The, the alcohol laws in Utah have historically been much more strict than everywhere else. Oh, that so is I, true. I'd be interested to know how that works out. <laughs> maybe maybe they brought it in from somewhere else anyway, ah yeah so they offer him drinks and so he's drinking and already having like a bad dissociative episode so it's not helping his poor 18 year old brain so he sees his crush at the department store with another guy and they go into the back room like they're making out and he's like this is naughty this is naughty i should stop it so so they go into the back room like obviously to get like a little more handsy i suppose right 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 and so he ends up following them um the guy that she is with um spoil like uh <laughs> Like, spoiler say, alert? We're gonna put a spoiler alert here? <laughs> no, not spoiler alert. I, I, I misspoke. I was going to say um sensitive ear warning. Oh, I see. Trigger S warning. No, I, I, I'm trying to not say trigger because it's not it's not right. Although he is literally being triggered here, so that th we are correct in saying that. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just uh we'll just cut the head off this snake right now. Um, uh, there is a, a sexual assault in progress. There is a sexual assault in progress, a almost rape. Um, but Billy, luckily, I guess, comes in to save the day momentarily. Um, of course, there are breasts in this shot. Like, her breasts are exposed, and there's a, some sexual violence going on. Uh, Billy, dressed as Santa, starts yelling, PUNISH! Like, some sort of, like, weird, maniacal hulk. Yes. And takes the guy, puts him up on, like, a, uh... He, he basically hangs him on a hook. Kind of like, uh, Leatherface does in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, there's some Christmas lights, you know? 
Yeah. Like a garrote of Christmas lights. Oh, that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got my kills in this movie mixed up. <laughs> right, right, right. He, the kills are actually kind of fun in this movie. Anyway, so he hangs them with uh, some string lights, and then the girl is like, "You're crazy," which, which is true. Which is true. He literally just murdered a guy with Christmas lights. I mean, all, even though he was trying to rape her. Yes. But then she has her breasts exposed just like his mother did, so he murders her as well. Yeah, I think he just kind of goes berserk mode at this point. Like, he, he truly is just killing everybody. Yes. So, but that, but it directly parallels to what we saw at the beginning of the film. Right, so, right, right. So, his association has come to full circle. I so, see. And, this, and then again, uh, in, a, in the next scene, he wanders into a random house where he sees a babysitter and another teenager engaging in sexual activity on a pool table. Luckily, this is consensual, but they are both very naked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... This is... For those of you that don't know, we have not talked about any of the actors at this point, and that's because the only actor that we really care about is Linnea Quigley. Who is Linnea in this scene? Quigley, our goddess. Right, yeah. So she's in a bunch of like wonderful, crappy movies like Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Demons, and Creepazoids. Like it's a bunch of like full moon productions type stuff. But I, I have a soft spot for those types of movies. If you want to see more Linnea Quigley content, I highly recommend Return of the Living Dead. Yes, we will do this on the podcast at some point. And if you like seeing her boobs in this movie, congrats! You can see her boobs in a lot of movies. You can see them in a lot of movies. It's tons of fun. Every well, tons of fun. This maybe not so much fun in this one, but more fun in the other ones. Yes, so you can guess what happens at this point. He sees the girl bare-breasted. He um, basically picks her up and gores her on like a deer head on the wall. And Yes, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And then he throws the young gentleman out of the window, much like his father did, much like Santa did to his father in the car at the beginning of the film. Right. So now we see the parallels. Uh, one thing that I'd like to make note of is that he does not kill kids. Uh, he he does... had plenty of opportunities to attack kids and did not do it. I'm so happy that he did not kill any kids because I'm definitely a very anti-killing the kids type person in movies. Like, I think it's always kind of a cheap shot. Unless it's, like, for some sort of comedic effect. But I just don't, like, don't kill the kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not fun for anyone. Like, that, that just kind of ruins everything. But... So he, so the point is, is that he punished them like Mother Superior did. So, so you're seeing like the people he associates so much with this, like dark, these dark feelings he has are the Santa who killed his parents and Mother Superior. So now he has this weird God complex where he has to stop any and all sexual activity from happening and he must stop it with gruesome violence. Yes. So... So this is actually kind of based on real science. Like, um, you see this in a lot of serial killers. So, uh, you know, like you got your Ted Bundy's and your John Wayne Gacy. They kind of, they kind of killed for the same reasons almost. Like they, like for whatever reason, like we won't go too much into it because there's like a bunch of podcasts about why that happened to them in real life. But you know, like for whatever reason, if they were having sex with someone, they got to kill them. Right. Uh, there's that. Usually they're trying to cover something up, right? Like. Like, uh, the John Wayne Gacy, he's trying to cover up the fact that he was gay, and then he'd have sex with young men, and to keep it secret, he'd kill them. That doesn't really happen in this one, but I see what you mean, where there yeah. is a, uh, from the ground up, uh, sexual feelings and aggressive feelings get brought together, and then it's made right by, like, the punishment mentality. Yes, exactly. So, this is all great fun for a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're totally not killing your vibe 
Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have even put the Christmas theme before this, but it it this is a Christmas movie, and I did want to talk about it. But it also kind of brings us to an important question: Should we watch things like this at all? And I would say it depends on who you are. And by that, I mean how old you are. And uh, I, I just want to say this, and to just be perfectly clear, I do not want to tell anyone what they should and shouldn't watch. I am in no way saying you're a baby if you don't watch movies like this. This film truly should not be viewed by anyone under the age of 18, uh, maybe even older than that. The way, the way that Silent Night, Deadly Night mixes sex and violence, even if for story sense, is highly dangerous to developing minds. And John, I'm going to say something I never thought I was ever going to say. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you ready? What, what is that? Lay, lay it on me. This film should absolutely, without a doubt, be rated NC-17. And this is the type of film that that rating exists for. I could agree with that statement to a point. Uh, first off, you turn coat. I, I know, I know. I, I was, the NBAA I was, smiles on you this day. When I when I was like writing this episode and thinking about it, I was like, this movie has to be NC-17, right? No, it is rated R. Mm-hmm. Why? And I would be interested to know why that is, uh, especially when we have a movie like Showgirls that came out like five or ten years after the fact and got an NC-17 rating. Uh, that film has some aggressive sexual content in it as well, but it is not like this. No, it's not like this at all. And if they would have taken the um, <clears throat> rape scene out of that one, I have a feeling it could have been rated R. Yeah, um, I think it could have, or at least would have had a better shot. But I, if people get their wires crossed there, I think, in that uh, they'll find a reason to say that, like, the non-sexual, like, nudity or something like that could be rationale for making it NC-17. When in reality, this is the type of content that you should target with a rating like that. Exactly. And I couldn't find exactly why the MPAA decided to rate this R. I don't know if it was lobbying on the part of TriStar who distributed this film, but I I can speculate that, uh, sorry, but I can speculate why they might have given it an R rating. So they probably gave it an R rating for the same reason they gave John Carpenter's Halloween an R rating. It has similar kills, uh, similar, similar amounts of breasts and similar amounts of like sex shown even though there's definitely more like male nudity in this film than there is in halloween which at at the time was a big ass fucking dodo yeah yeah yeah. you don't want to see billy's hairy ass but you do <laughs> but you do you, you do, do want see to billy's see billy's hairy ass, ass. And I'm going to say it again, because we brought up Showgirls again, and I'm going to say it again. Kyle MacLachlan has an ass that just will not quit. That is Thunder my favorite cheeks. ass I've seen in an in a movie ever. Period. End of discussion. It is easily the best since Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Like, it's just jiggly. It's go. It's like, I'm like, god damn, that is a nice ass. It's like, I'm not very, I'm not attracted to men, but, but I also don't know a lot about cars. <laughs> I see what you mean. I see where you're going with this. (laughs) So, like, I can say, like, oh, that's a nice car, but I don't really know if it's a nice car. (laughs) Anyway, so the the films, like, have similar, like, you know, like, violent content. Like, I think this movie's a little more gory than Halloween. Actually, it's a lot more gory than Halloween. But, you know, it's kind of, like, in the same vein. So I can see why they gave it an R rating at this time. But um, the difference between these between this film and Halloween is that in Halloween, the sex happens and then the kills happen. So the sex is not the reason for the death. It's like the teenagers are having sex and then Michael Myers just so happens to be there to kill them. There's no association there. 
in Silent right. Night, Night, Deadly Night, the kills happen during the sex or sexual assault, or the kills interrupt the sex. Right, and we do see a little bit of this in Halloween, like, you know, there's the whole, like, themes of, like, uh, punish... That the punishment theme exists, but it exists on like a meta level. It's not built into the characters. Exactly. It's not exactly like, you know, it's not this. Like, this is taking that metaphor to like the absolute extreme, like yes. off the rails. So it like, makes it literal. Like the character is punishing people for doing this. And it does happen at the same time, and it is problematic for that reason, more so than it is in a film like Halloween, where it's like the idea exists, but it's not literally what they're doing. Michael Myers doesn't know. He just wants to kill shit. Exactly. Whereas Billy knows exactly what he's doing. Or, you know, thinks he knows exactly what he's doing. Exactly. So it's interrupting the sex is worse because instead of showing a natural progression like foreplay, sex, done, it's showing us that there should be another step in there and that the violent response is how it should be. Anyway, that's what it could do in your mind. I'm not saying that this happens to everyone. I'm just saying, like, this can happen. And it's movies like this that kind of like you know make it a thing and so when people want to censor things like this is something where i could understand parents being outraged and wanting to censor it or making it harder for children to see it and that's why i'm saying like throw the nc-17 on there and also decriminalize the nc-17 ready not that it's like criminalized but most major theater chains will not show an nc-17 rated film and i say why not uh it's probably a branding and imaging thing i mean it, it is it, yeah it's, people have this association that there's going to be some kind of like wild crazy content in it which may be true but in a movie like this it's not like the concepts are totally foreign like i mean yeah there is nudity yeah there is sexual content yeah there is like violence and it, it's the it's the way you mix it together again like to use the frozen pizza roll analogy having pizza rolls and drinking a drink is one thing Putting the frozen pizza rolls in the drink to make it colder is wrong. I cannot believe this came full circle. I am you know astounded what, at what it we've done in worked. the studio today. And it, you, all you listeners at home need to um, you, you need to give us a like for that, right? You need to share our page, and um, you need to yeah, make some fan art. You know what? We we need a streamy as well. Um, I don't really want a streamy, but I think that we deserve it. Yeah. Um, for for all of the credit that we just gave this film, we just brought the pizza roll ice cube analogy full circle and brought credit upon Silent Night, Deadly Night from nineteen eighty four. Jesus Christ. Okay. So anyway, that's kind of that's kind of what I wanted to say about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Like it. It's a movie. Like, I don't think this would be, like, a yearly watch for me. Um, if you're, like, and that, I kind of wanted to talk about, to, to kind of, like, sum this all up, I kind of wanted to talk about the Christmas horror genre at large, because we've talked about this before. Um, and, but what do you think is, like, the genre's, like, shining moment? Like, it's gotta be Black Christmas, right? I would say so, uh, without going too far into the weeds on, like, Ginger Dead Man, which we've referenced way too much this year. Yes. Um, <laughs> th- those types of movies, you know, those are like corny, like exploitative, you know, type things. This one is a little too real, I think. And then uh, Black Christmas is probably the best example so far. Unless we're going to talk about a movie like Krampus or something well, like that. But that's not even necessarily like a... It's not of the same ilk that these are. It, it is technically a horror movie and it is definitely a Christmas-themed horror movie. 
Uh, but it's not like this. Yeah, but it's like, Krampus is like, and forgive me for saying this because I hate being this guy, but like Krampus is almost like, it, it's a big budget studio film's answer to the Christmas horror genre, which has mostly been an underground movement. Can you call it a movement? I I don't know if it's a movement. I don't know if making a Christmas horror movie is even like if it's just exploitive if it's just trying to ride that halloween wave all the way to christmas kind of like the poster for silent night deadly night like the tagline is you survived halloween now see if you can survive christmas okay yeah not a good tagline but it gets the point across i uh i i hate that it had to be that way and that the big studio answer had to be something like krampus i mean I, I don't know, man. It, I think Black Christmas is definitively the best one. We'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night kind of comes up when you talk about this genre. Like, it, it's one of the big ones, and, like, I kind of don't understand why. Like, this is not a, like, super accessible movie. Like, you have to, you almost have to buy this on Blu-ray to, like, be able to watch it. Like, I was able to rent it through Amazon, but I remember we tried to do this last year, and it was not available, so it must have been newly available available online or maybe it just wasn't available for a time on amazon for whatever reason yeah who knows who knows but it's like it's not a super accessible movie and so maybe that's for the best i agree like this is something like i would i would think i would be able to see in an art house like well okay maybe it's not that unaccessible but it definitely shouldn't be in the mainstream as much as it is i guess is what i'm trying to say like yeah yeah art house theater like i don't know i feel like once the kids catch on to you know that's where all the good movies are going to be and that's where you can go see them it's going to be one of those things where you know you get like your uh you know your hipster kids named like lentil soup or oliver or whatever and they'll show up and they'll try to watch silent night deadly and be like are you sure you're 18 yes i'm sure i'm 18 and, you know, they go in and they watch the movie and then they tell all their friends. And then you have all of the, you know, 15-year-old kiddos from the local high school trying to go to the art house theater. It's like when you find a bar that doesn't card. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, I'm almost okay with movie theaters not carding, except in instances like this movie or like Cannibal Holocaust. Right. Even though, like, the controversy of them is directly aimed at people that age. And I think that's a fucked up thing that we should change. Right. Which, which goes back to what I was saying like d like you know grossify the nc-17 ready like they could even come out with a you know like maybe we could take our down and make our like you know no one under 15 permitted and then we can have like an r18 rating mm-hmm. where it's like this is eight this is only for people over 18 because i mean like i don't have a problem with a 15 year old watching super bad but i definitely have a problem with an 18 with a less than 18 year old watching like this or cannibal holocaust yeah cannibal holocaust would be a uh you know what though in the age of the internet, though, and I think this bears mentioning, even though we belabored the point quite a bit, um, in the age of the internet, there is no age restriction. You can make a Google account, and you can put on a gift debit card thing that you bought at the store, and you can rent whatever movies you want, and nobody ever questions you about it. Right. I mean, there's always been workarounds. There's always going to be workarounds, but most people don't use those workarounds. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, if we're going to make things like this more mainstream, I think we need to refix how the ratings work and who's allowed to, like, publicly view these things. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's also not the same as it was when this came out, where it's like, this came out in, like, almost every movie theater possible. Yeah, for 10 days. Yeah. 
Yeah, for 10 days. Um, it actually came out at the same time as um Nightmare on Elm Street. It was actually making more money than Nightmare on Elm Street until it was pulled. That's kind of hilarious and scary. I, I don't like that. I don't like that more people wanted to see this than Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street is, like, a lovely rom-com fucking, you know, fun Saturday movie compared to this. I would say so. It's just too real. It's just too gritty. It's got the same problem that the cannibal movies have. Exactly. So, you know, like, why... The the other thing I want to say about Christmas horror movies is, like, why can't we have, like, a Christmas rom-com slasher movie? Like, if you're already mixing the slasher genre with the Christmas genre, you might as well cross multiple genres while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. The market demands it. I think we need this type of thing. I want to see, like, uh, you know, like, Phoebe from Friends and Red from that that other show that you know. 70s show yeah you know like she's uh the estranged mom who comes well mom she's not a mom she's a mom aged person who comes home for christmas after like five years and her dad's all mad and then uh you know there's a guy that just escaped from the prison and he comes you know looking around who tries to kill some guys and you know that that type of thing would be fun you know there's a laugh track um <laughs> There's, uh, like some slapstick jokes, there's some heartwarming family moments, and then he strangles a guy with Christmas lights. <laughs> so the back half of the film is horror. I love it. It's exactly how it should be. Yes. It's all, it's all about not trusting strangers. That, that is the moral of this story. Don't trust strangers, especially at Christmas. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so... The, the last question I want to ask, is it better to have a horror movie that takes place on Christmas or have Christmas be a part of the horror? So, like, takes place on Christmas would be, like, Black Christmas and having Christmas be part of the horror would be Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Krampus. Uh, that's a, that's a hard one. That That's a hard one. I honestly don't know uh, how much of a difference it would make to the casual viewer. I think it's better for it to take place on Christmas. Well, no. Okay. Think about like Home Alone. Home Alone doesn't necessarily take place on Christmas. And I think the Home Alone format is really what you got to have for a Christmas horror movie. Okay. So I, I, I think in the case of these movies, like your Krampus and your Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's a part of the horror and it's got to be just like Home Alone. You know, it's a part of the movie that it is Christmas time. But the fact that it takes place on Christmas isn't like an integral part of it at all. Right. It's aesthetics versus theme here. There so you like, go. So Christmas aesthetics equals Black Christmas. Christmas theme equals like silent night deadly night home alone krampus like that's how that works and i think that the um christmas aesthetics is way better yeah especially for this genre in particular i don't think that people want to watch santa kill people no i don't think they do either or a kid in a santa costume kill people although uh there are other movies with killer santa you know that is a thing oh yeah and uh it's weird it, it's a thing people are into it um it's whatever people also like crystal pepsi that's and, true and and, you know, true. huffing car gas. And you know what? Those people are just gonna be wrong. There are just hippies out there, and we can't stop them. Yeah, pilgrims and hippies. Pilgr pilgrims versus hippies coming to theaters this November. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't appropriate any longer for kids to play cowboys and Indians because of the connotations there, so pilgrims and hippies is the new thing that the kids play. Oh, can they just play John Wayne and the hippies? No, 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 they can't do that. Just It's the same reason they can't do cops and robbers, because that's a bit of a faux pas now as well. Jesus Christ. Hey, they shot Santa in the back three times. They they did, and it was he was a pastor. That's another thing that happens in this movie. They just kill a random guy in a Santa outfit, and it's the wrong Santa. Yeah, I love this Wild West mentality where there's like a Catholic priest who is dressed up as Santa Claus going to the orphanage, getting shot in the back by like the county sheriff's department. Yeah, the... 
you know what? There are no rules here. <laughs> there are no rules in this movie, and the police just be wildin'. The police just be wildin' in this movie, and, like, not when they need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's just, like, a place at time thing. Like, they're just not where they need to be, and I, I don't blame them, I guess, but, like, damn. <laughs> like... It's it's a little crazy, and they very callously talk about killing that past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're, they like, very, you... they're like, oh, we got the wrong guy. It's like, you just shot the wrong guy. Shouldn't yes. you be, like, afraid for your job? Anyway. It was 1984. You know, times 1984. change. Kids don't play cops and robbers anymore. They play pilgrims and hippies. Pilgrims and hippies. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, So, as always, please check out our Facebook page. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so we can get more shitheads like you in here. Uh, Give us a suggestion of a movie you want to hear in the next year. Uh, We kind of got December blocked off, but we are open to any and all suggestions. Yes, enjoy your holiday season and hail Santa. Hail Santa. Uh, We will be back next week with another Christmas-themed episode, and I promise it won't be as um i don't know like what did we do a scientifical episode this week i we just no (laughs) (laughs) anyway for four year inflammation i'm zach and i'm john watch a new movie this week maybe not this one maybe something else uh maybe uh watch an old simpsons christmas episode all right bye guys